to be honest, uh, listening to a baseball game because I had cell service while at 1.30 in the morning while I was passing the Rock of Gibraltar was pretty cool. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the DCL Duo podcast. And a big thank you to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. I am solo right now. I am recording live on the Disney Magic in the Concierge Lounge. Uh, Brian is actually working very hard to upload our current show uh, for our listeners. But I am sitting with a very special guest. His name is Alan. He is from Southern California, and he is aboard the Disney Magic with me. Now, I want to give you a little bit of background and why I think this is so interesting to have Alan on. He got on the Disney Magic in Miami, Florida, had sailed all the way across the Atlantic on a transatlantic cruise, and has since sailed all around Europe, uh, several, obviously, back to back to back to back to back, et cetera, et cetera. And he will be sailing all the way back across the Atlantic to New York. So he will be on the Disney Magic when all is said and done for a total of 145 days. I have never heard of anybody else uh, doing this before, but we heard about him while on board. And so I reached out to him and he was generous uh, enough to come and chat with me. So welcome, Alan. I'm going to hand you the mic and ask you to tell us, tell our listeners from before you got onto the magic in Miami, how many Disney cruises had you completed? You can ballpark it if you don't know the exact number. I believe we completed roughly 40. Actually, it was 40. Yeah, 40. And had you ever sailed on a transatlantic before? And had you done any of the European cruises before? Uh, no, this was the first time I've ever been further east than probably Castaway Key or so. So first time to Europe, first time across the pond. Very excited. That is totally amazing. Now, what? how did you decide to do this? And then I want to talk a little bit just about the prep that went into doing this because you had to book a lot of cruises. Um, and I'm curious as to, you know, did you use a travel agent to help you book these? Did you just book them online yourself? This seems like kind of an undertaking because I'm not sure if all the itineraries were even open and available to be booked at the same time. So tell us first, how did you decide to book this 145 days on board? Well, it was a retirement gift to ourselves and the fact that we've never been to Europe. We thought it would be just the perfect way to get a taste, basically do the backpacking without the backpack and the mileage on our legs. So it just seemed like a really good idea. When it comes to booking, as I'm sure a lot of people know, Disney has a cruise vacation planning department and I have a cruise vacation planner in celebration. And I reached out to her and I told her exactly what I wanted to do. And um, she was able to, on opening day, book the entire season, except I believe the transatlantic was the only one that wasn't announced. The September one, the one that goes back, um, was not announced as of yet. And she booked us all the way through and in the same room, which was the best part of probably everything. Yeah, that is key. Not having to move rooms every cruise. Even if you had to move once or twice, that probably wouldn't have been terrible. But it's really nice to be staying, I'm sure, in the same room. What I think a lot of people are probably wondering is, 
how does one pack for something like this? I mean, you you went out of Florida. You'll be back in New York. I guess it's it wasn't summer really yet. It was kind of late spring. And then, of course, we're over in different parts of Europe with different weather. How did you and your wife pack for this enormous trip? Well, we played it smart, I guess you can say. Um, we knew we were going to be in various climates throughout the world where anything from summer to almost winter weather. So we basically packed accordingly. And the fact that I know a lot of people hate doing laundry and so forth on vacation, and we're definitely those people who cannot stand it, realized we're going to have to do laundry. So we basically did not pack like we were going on a normal vacation. And we were able to spread out all our clothing over our luggage and was able to just kind of minimize the amount of stuff and also knowing that we would be buying things on the road so we didn't have to bring full wardrobes like a full slate of t-shirts and so forth because we knew we'd be buying t-shirts in the ports and all that so um, that made it also a little easier to pack i won't lie because we are as um, samantha said we are here currently on the ship the process of packing to go off the ship has slowly started and it's could be a big Rubik's cube or I don't know if that was the right analogy, but like Tetris is probably better, but we'll get it done. We have enough bags. We know we have enough bags. It's a matter of weight limits um, and moving stuff throughout the bags, but we know we can get it all, all in. Yeah. I think that just the packing and unpacking would be kind of a big undertaking. You've got two cruises left after the one we're on and we're at the tail end. So we're on the last sea day of the Norwegian Fjords cruise. I know you've got the British Isles and then the transatlantic, but obviously the weather is probably going to be a little on the colder side. So you can probably pack some of your, some of your warmer weather stuff. So that makes sense. You know, I think what our listeners might want to know is, have you gotten bored on the ship? I mean, you, you have, you know, the sea days are probably a little bit, well, very, quite repetitive, right? The same kinds of activities happen on the sea days. Obviously, you've had a lot of different ports, but I'm curious on sea days, do you get bored or do you find enough to do on the ship? Actually, I, I do find enough to do on the ship because um, I'm able to make my own fun. And also just being a big movie guy and so forth, I have no problem just sitting with my iPad, watching a movie that's downloaded that I've already watched, you know, 800 times, but I'm okay with that. Just makes the day go by. The spa helps a lot in those sea days. Recording a podcast <laughs> <laughs> helps. Um, so yeah, no, there, there's enough to do. And over the time too, you get to know a lot of the crew members. So you actually just end up kind of hanging out with them on the sea days while they're working in between helping the guests and so forth. And so, yeah, it has definitely hasn't gotten boring, repetitive, maybe, but boring, definitely not. And you're quite extroverted, I would say, and very friendly. Have you found that you have made, you know, friends across the different cruises that you've been on? And, and if so, have they been people who are on back-to-back cruises as well or just people on, you know, single cruises? I mean, I wouldn't say I've made friends per se, but I've met people, talked to people. We've hung out. I'm a late night guy. So it's usually people who are out late are the ones I end up talking to mostly. But in terms of like, like real friendships, maybe not too, because we've had our own friends come out and join us on various voyages. So that's been a little tough. I've recognized people from other voyages that I've from past cruises, you know, so we end up hanging out talking. So it's, 
it's kind of like not really making friends, but not not making friends at the same time. It's kind of like an in-between. Sounds like lots of acquaintances, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, you're nodding your head. Okay. Now, you have gone to dozens of ports at this point. Have you gotten off and, you know, at every port? Do you do excursions? Obviously, there's too many ports for us to talk about each one. So we're not going to get into that kind of depth. But I'm just curious as to whether or not you you get off. And, and if you do, are you more likely to do an excursion or more likely to kind of explore on your own? So most of it was um, excursions through Disney, especially being not familiar with anywhere. If I was going to take a tour just because I wanted that safety net. I mean, I know I could have saved money by doing it on my own or explored on my own, but it was a safety net of knowing the ship will still be here if I get lost and so forth. On the place that we were multiple times, like it just seemed in the Mediterranean, we were in Naples every single cruise. So no, I did not do a tour every single time on the multiple ports, especially the ones we frequented frequented a lot. Sometimes it would just be get off the ship and I'll use Naples again because again, Naples, I think we went to eight or nine times. So it got to the point where all the tours I was interested in were long gone. I know Naples is the home of the pizza. So I went to the home of the pizza and we got a pizza. And one day I was just craving a Big Mac because it had been about two months since I've been to McDonald's. So I found a McDonald's within walking distance and I went to McDonald's and it had very good Wi-Fi. So I was able to download stuff. But that's kind of how it goes in the ports for us. The more times we went, I would say the less, not not necessarily the less tours, but the more we would go out on our own, because then we'd also get ourselves familiar with the port area. We know it's in walking distance. What wasn't? The ports where we were only there like once, maybe twice, it was always on a Disney tour, um, kind of looking around when we we're leaving the port to see if there's a restaurant or something we want to eat at, possibly to occupy some more time when the tour got back from the port, if time would allow. You mentioned food. You mentioned going to McDonald's. I'm curious, and I bet our listeners are curious as to whether or not you get, I don't want to say bored, but I don't know. What's the what's the right word here? I'm, I'll just use bored. Have you gotten bored with the food? Because the food, there's not a lot of unique menus that they have on these cruises. They kind of repeat the menus over and over again. And I'm sure you have your favorite dishes, but having them for this many days could get a little old. Have you found that? Yeah, it definitely gets repetitive. It helps that For instance, in the dining rooms on the nights when it's not a special menu for the ship, like Frozen Night or Pirate Night or what have you, you know, if I feel like something from another restaurant because, you know, let's say I haven't been there in a minute or we haven't done, we did like a completed 12 night cruise and then we're on a seven night. So it's been a while since we've had that menu and I'm like, I really want that from this menu night. So I'll I'll go and get that instead of ordering off of that restaurant's menu and it's not an issue with my server at all. And sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll special order things like I'll do breakfast for dinner, which is, they have no problem with as long as I give them a heads up. But sometimes, yeah, you just go, there's been days when, especially at lunchtime, it's like, I'm tired of it. <laughs> um, so I will admit, yeah, the food can get boring at times, but you realize you can start piecing things together to kind of make it happen. And um, it gets a little easier, but definitely getting off the ship in ports, hopefully grabbing a meal has turned out to be a, a blessing. Well, I will say, I know that when you and I were first trying to meet up a couple of days ago, you decided to eat at a Chinese restaurant or your wife, I should say, decided that you would all you all would eat at a Chinese restaurant in Norway, which is kind of an odd choice. But I know that you said it was actually quite good. So uh, a little expensive, which I'll just note for our listeners that Norway, the food is just generally expensive. So that's it's just a unique thing to eat Chinese food in Norway. I'll just I'll leave it at that. 
I'm curious if you, you know, you've been on board for so long. What have been some of your, I don't know, favorite memories or experiences on board the Magic this European season? Well, one of them would definitely be probably the first time I has ever laid, saw Europe. Um, that was kind of special. I was like, whoa, I'm, I'm here now. Like, wow, I made it. That was definitely a, a special moment as we were going into uh, Lisbon because we had to miss Punta Delgada due to weather. So that was pretty cool. To be honest, uh, listening to a baseball game because I had cell service while at 1.30 in the morning while I was passing the Rock of Gibraltar was pretty cool. <laughs> I got to say, for me, being the big baseball fan I am, that was that was pretty awesome. Getting to know the crew, especially since they've kind of adopted us as their family in a way, um, it's pretty cool just going by and, you know, they know you. They say hi to you. They take time to talk to you, say if everything's okay, if there's anything you need. Not that we want any type of special treatment or whatever, but I think it, I think it comes naturally from them. Um, so, which is nice. It's very nice to be um, recognized like that, but definitely not needed. But they did do something that really stands out on our hundredth day on board. At dinner, they surprised us with this big cake that said hundred days on it, um, which we had no idea was coming. So that was probably a pretty special onboard memory. That's incredible. I love that. Uh, I would love to do some favorites. Uh, well, let's let's just do favorites for the, the Disney Magic. What's your favorite uh, stateroom to stay in on the Disney Magic? Do you have a favorite, like a favorite category? Uh, yeah, I believe it's a 5B on deck six, pretty much right over the stabilizer, left side, facing the bow. That's the starboard, starboard side. No, port side. Right, port, port side. side. I can never port left, four letters, port, right. four letters. Yeah. Um, and it's a non-adjoining room. It's right next to a fire door. So you don't have people banging on that adjoining door. It's it's really awesome. Um, that is by far my my favorite room on board, the Magic or the Wonder. What's your favorite activity to do on board? And let's um, let's set aside like listening to a baseball game or watching a movie or something that you could do anywhere. Right? Something that's like cruise unique. What's your 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 favorite activity on board? I think that'd be um, going to see Match Your Mate every cruise um, is probably my favorite because it's pretty much the only completely unscripted thing that you find on Disney. It's also could be very un-Disney, um, especially this cruise. It was very un-Disney, which just loved every minute of it. So it's definitely, uh, that's that's always a highlight and definitely not to be missed on any cruise because you just never know what you're going to hear. There is no sensor for the guests that are on stage. So that is probably the, the one thing I would say I would every single time I'm on board a Disney ship. Awesome. I love that too. Uh, what's been your favorite port so far and then also your favorite excursion they don't of course have to be at the same locations they might have been two different locations or they might have been the same location but just curious as to you've hit a lot of ports on this i'll call it a marathon of cruises and done a lot of excursions so i'd love to know what were your the favorites thus far obviously we know you have a handful ahead of you as well uh favorites so far have been dubrovnik in croatia was absolutely amazing definitely up there in the top also everywhere in norway norway has lived up 
to its expectations in my mind. Um, they were every single port we went to in Norway has been fantastic. Loved it all. Iceland was another huge highlight as it was nothing as I imagined. And I got to go to a bar themed after one of my favorite movies in Reykjavik, The Big Lebowski, which was just a highlight of my life, which is, I don't know what says anything about my life, but um, um, that was just completely awesome. And um, I did like uh, Sicily a lot, especially being able, being the movie buff that I, I mentioned I am, like seeing shooting sites of The Godfather movies and so forth i just was like i was in awe of it um then the beauty up in the hills and everything was great so all that's been the the major highlights for me of, of the ports you know the, the beauty of them all not necessarily what was there but just the beauty of them all uh, another one would stand out would be um santorini even though it was a pain in the butt to get to because it's a tender port and it's on top of a volcanic crater. And if you're not on a tour, you have to take a mule, a cable car, or walk up the mountain. And after my tour, I realized I'm not coming to come back because it's just too much of a pain. Very pretty to look at, but one cable car up and down. Um, I'm not going to be cruel to the mule and ride a mule. I'm definitely not walking close to 900 steps up or down a mountain. So, um, but again, nothing against the place it was beautiful. Glad I went because everywhere we went to is beautiful. Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. And right now, if you head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo, you can take advantage of a promotion we're offering. If you're one of our first 10 listeners to book a new Disney cruise vacation with My Path Unwinding, you will get some free giveaways, including a book about the Disney wish that was given out on board the maiden voyage in the DVC charter. And if you decide to book concierge, a special limited edition Disney Cruise Line concierge pin that Disney was selling on board, but has a discontinued in favor of a new pen, which we think is not as good as the old one. So be one of our first 10 listeners to head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your next Disney cruise vacation. And you will get that as well as some DCL Duo swag that we will send out separately. So if you take any time at all to browse My Path Unwinding's website, you will see that they are dedicated to providing you the best service and understanding their clients' needs and answering their questions to ensure that their vacation experience is the best for them and their family. That extends to so many quarters of what My Path Unwinding does, including our experience in booking some fabulous vacations now with My Path Unwinding and their Facebook groups where they field all kinds of questions day in and day out to make sure that people have the best experience possible on Port Disney Cruise Line. So if you've been eyeing an Adventures by Disney trip and been thinking about upgrading your experience to concierge, just want to book a fabulous Disney vacation or really any kind of all-inclusive or resort vacation or cruise vacation, then head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo and we know you will have a great experience with Karen and her team of travel specialists over at My Path Unwinding. Thanks, My Path Unwinding, for your continued support of the show. And now back to our episode. What was a, a favorite or a couple of favorite excursions, um, the Disney excursions that you that you did on this trip? One of my favorite excursions was definitely the Dubrovnik one because we went just all over, kind of. And it was really nice to see the old city. We went to a more like a lakeside city and then we went up into the hills a little bit for coffee and a sandwich in this really nice shaded tranquil area so that was that was a great excursion the one excursion i did in Akurai in iceland was great i mean we went to a waterfall which i was just never thought i'd see a waterfall like that in iceland of all places sulfur canyon with bubbling water that was about 
I think about 400 degrees Fahrenheit. I think they said 200 degrees Celsius. So might have even been hotter than that. And it was all natural, which was really just kind of cool to think about. Um, and then if I could, one I'm very much looking forward to because my dreams of finally getting to an international Disney park will be coming true when I go to Disneyland Paris on the transatlantic. That will probably be a, a very big highlight for me uh, going to Disneyland Paris. That's awesome. I'm sure you're going to love that park. I have only been there once and it was 20 years ago, but I hear wonderful things about how it is now. I'm curious what your favorite rotational dining restaurant is on the Magic. And then we'll talk about specific food favorites. Probably, I think my favorite in terms of atmosphere is probably Lumiere's because I'm not a big dinner show guy. I'm there to eat. I'm not there to be entertained. I know some people love the dinner show, which is fine. Nothing against that. Um, It's a personal taste. But if I had to pick a favorite dinner show, it'd probably be the first time you go into Animator's Palette, I think is my favorite because it's just... It's not overwhelming. It's not distracting. It's not anything of the nature. So yeah, Animator's Palette for in terms of show dinners. And for our listeners, I'll just let you know, that's when Animator's Palette, parts of it go from black and white to color and Sorcerer Mickey comes around and kind of welcomes you on to the magic. And it's really, it's a really cute, short, but fun show. Okay. Favorite food items. We'll kind of round up just a couple more favorites and then I'll let Alan get back to the rest of his day. What's been a favorite uh, savory item on board? And then we'll do a favorite sweet item on board. Favorite savory item um, has to be the animator's pork chop, which unfortunately is not on the menu right now here in Northern Europe, which is the same on the Wonder with Alaska. They take it off the menu, which is a shame, but it was here for the transatlantic and for the Mediterranean season. So I was very happy with that. That's, that's probably my favorite savory item is that pork chop. Uh, but I will say very close second, something I, I think is unique just to this ship. I, I could be wrong, but I haven't seen it on the Wonder. And I'm not, I don't cruise much on the Dreamer Fantasy, but is the pork platter from Rapunzel's Royal Table on your final night in there is really, really, really good. So I think those two items are pretty much go-to. And then, of course, um, pretty much almost anything I eat at Palo. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, of course, right? You can't go wrong with uh, all the stuff at Palo. So you are correct that Flynn Rider's pork platter thingamajig, I don't know what it's called. I just know it's Flynn Rider themed. They don't have it on the Wonder and it's not on the Dream or the Fantasy either. So it is unique because it's served in Rapunzel's Royal Table. So that is a unique item. Brian had it the other night and very much enjoyed it. What would be a favorite sweet item or a couple of favorites if you got on the Disney Magic? Well, obviously the chocolate souffle. Let's just be real. We all know how good the chocolate souffle is at Palo. One one of my favorites right now is a specialty item for Northern Europe. It's a Russian honey cake, which is served on your last night in Lumiere's, which is very good. At least I think it's very good. I like, and actually I just had one before I came to meet you down at Cove Cafe. They are making in the bakery here um, incredibly good cinnamon rolls, like addicting cinnamon rolls. I kind of hate them for it because they're so addicting. Uh, Those are probably my top three items. Oh, one more, one more. The um, birth, the red velvet birthday cake, cupcake, I'm sorry, the red birthday cupcake from Rapunzel's Royal Table on the first night you eat in there, uh, well, the first show night, depending on the length of the cruise, is is another is another favorite that that's really very well done. 
as well. So I think, yeah, those would be my favorites, I, I think. Awesome. Now, you mentioned looking forward to Disneyland Paris as one of your stops on the transatlantic. I assume you'll be, you know, traveling from Paris to Disneyland Paris or whatever port is closest. Any other ports that you're looking forward to? You've got British Isles and transatlantic cruises up before you head to New York City uh, for where the cruise ends. But yeah, any other ports that you're looking forward to in these last two cruises? Actually, I'm really looking forward to Liverpool. And that's because I, I like music. I like all types of music. And uh, of course, big Beatles fan, um, even though I'm too young to actually have ever seen the Beatles, I am dying to take the uh, small group departure tour in Liverpool that is all about the Beatles and so forth. It was a definite, um, out of, I was doing anything on that, on the British Isles cruise, the two would be definitely the Beatles. And of course, because I am very interested in possible out of this world, like hard to explain things, not phenomena, but things definitely the, I'm also doing the small group departure in a couple of days to Stonehenge, which uh, is definitely going to be a, um, a highlight for me. I even, um, joke a lot and please forgive me. I want to say the joke. I'm hoping to see, um, a bunch of people there and just walk around asking them, is Landrew around? <laughs> My Star Trek fans out there will understand the reference. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We definitely, I will tell you, I have, we have a, a friend and listener of the show, Jonathan Heil, who will, I know, appreciate that joke. Uh, shout out to Jonathan, if you're listening. Okay, my last couple of questions for you. I'm curious, which of the Disney ships is your favorite? Well, the obvious answer right now would be the magic, but alas, it's not. <laughs> it's actually the wonder. The wonder um, is my favorite, even though the magic was the very first ship I sailed on with Disney. For whatever reason, the wonder has just caught the heart and um, definitely, uh, definitely my favorite ship. I wonder if that's because it's West Coast, Best Coast. You you know, the wonder being based in the West Coast for a lot of the year now. Does that have anything to do with it or is it just something about the wonder that you love? I think it's a little of that, but also I think for the longest time, the cruises that I wanted to do just happened to be on the wonder. Whether it be a Panama cruise, which involves the West Coast or Hawaii again, involves West Coast or Alaska. Um, it just happened to be on the wonder. We would, So we would always be jumping on the wonder because that's the ship that was doing the itinerary, like we're big fans of the Panama cruise. So every year when they were doing a Westbound Panama Canal, we would be on it and a wonder. It wasn't the magic anymore. It was the wonder. So I think that's probably the reason just more this, it kind of stuck because just because of where they were going and it's what we wanted to do versus another Caribbean or the same places in the Caribbean or Nassau castaway. It was just, it was only ship offering the greatest variety besides the magic going out to Europe. But the timing for us, going to Europe just wasn't right in the summers. When I was working, it was really hard for me to get time off in the summers, So it wasn't really feasible. Awesome. So my last question that I always ask people is a bucket list cruise. Now I'm going to say, I'm going to preface this with what you're doing is clearly a bucket list cruise or marathon of cruises. Um, but I, I like to ask my bucket list question a little bit differently. And I'm going to ask you the question as I normally ask it, which is if you could sail anywhere in the world on Disney Cruise Line, and it doesn't even have to be a place that Disney Cruise Line currently sails, where would you go? Well, that's a difficult question, but I would say right now, probably the South Pacific. 
That would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Alan, thank you so much for joining me today from the Disney Magic. We are in the North Sea headed back to Dover at the end of the Norwegian Fjords cruise. I am sad to say I will be getting off tomorrow morning. Uh, I know you'll have to get off just for a brief retest with the COVID protocols and then you'll be getting right back on. I'm very, very jealous, but I hope you have a wonderful two last cruises. And then I know some time, I think at the at the world, at Disney World. Uh, and thank you so much for coming on the show. No, thank you. Um, I was really shocked by your invitation and definitely more than happy to uh, grant it. It was like, whoa, yeah, this sounds cool. So uh, but th- so thank you very much for, um, for doing it. As always, thank you so much out there for listening to our bonus show this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews. And if you leave us a written review, we will read it on the air in our main show each and every week. We love connecting with you, our listeners, and hearing your feedback. So head over there, leave us a review. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also connect with our show via our voice mail line. If you'd like to send us a question, a comment, or otherwise have us address your feedback on the air, then just leave us a message at 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. If you'd like even more great content from the DCL Duo, you can always browse to youtube.com slash DCL Duo for our vlog. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for making this show happen each and every month. We also really appreciate our amazing show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. So if you're looking to book your next fabulous Disney vacation, head over to www.mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your next fabulous vacation. Use that link so they know the DCL Duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of Disney Cruise Line or the Disney Company. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.